When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. For Visit Mildura, unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. Here's your hosts, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Redmond, good morning to you, my old friend. Good morning, my old friend as well, because uh, uh, Patrick, I'm just going to get straight into it. Oh boy. Sorry. You know me, I don't hold back. No, you don't. The cats are done. The cats are done. You've let me down. Yeah, it's a... First um, year in what? Long time, well, first, second time in 17 years, I think it is, you haven't made finals. Uh, how do you go from here? Because obviously didn't go to plan being rain, reigning premiers last year and this year you're a bit below Sydney, which you flogged last year and they're uh, scraping into finals if they go good this week. Where do you go from here? Big, Did you big like, pre-season. I didn't realise Mike Sheen was sitting across me this morning. I thought we were and here nothing's even about, written down in front of me I either. thought we were That's here to talk lie. about fishing. Oh, no, it, it is a... Um, yeah, it's, it's been a frustrating year, to be honest. And and last week's game was sort of encapsulated what our what our season's been. It's been um, inconsistent, and and not to use it as as an excuse, but the reality is we we lose a Sava early, Brad Close. Yep, we've just been challenged uh, around the injury front, and we haven't really had the continuity that we had in the previous season. Um, you know, our skills haven't been terrific. Turn the ball over in, in areas that's pretty much impossible to defend. So it's been a yeah really disappointing week if I'm if I'm totally frank with you. And it's yeah it's a bit of pill to swallow, um, but it's it does reaffirm just how hard the game is to play. And what about how good the AFL has done to get the yeah, this, the this. you don't know who like West Coast beat bloody dogs on the week last weekend like and we've got them we've got them tonight like then that that finishes our season which would be a great game and it has it has been a season where it has been incredibly difficult to you know to pick the form line of teams and um yeah it's been super easy even I think that's the frustration you know when I sit back and reflect and and the reality is we we haven't been good enough but at the same time it's been if you bring your best game then there's opportunities to play and win and we just haven't been able to do that long enough. And that's why I think for pretty much every team that makes finals, they'll feel if they can get their game going for three or four games, you can win the whole damn thing. It's not like I remember, um, you know, of recent times, Richmond were obviously up and going well. But, you know, I looked at the Hawthorne years. That was, it was almost like you were playing for second because they were just so damn good. Dominant, yeah. Yeah. Even you know. back in the day when the Cats had their reign, Absolutely. you weren't going to beat them. <laughs> you know, there are a couple of teams that were just so far and above, you know, everyone else. Yep. I don't really feel like that's the case this year. It's it's a very even competition. Well, look at Carlton. They're, what are they, nine straight now, I think? Like yeah. They've come from nothing to yeah. literally nothing to the and supporters been... throwing things at them to dominant now beating, and beaten 
the so-called best teams. Yeah, and, and have the the you know the run of form at the right time. So it's been an incredibly even um, season. And if I remove my you know cats badging for a moment, it has been a great season in that regard. We just you know it is frustrating when you reflect back and you go, we just weren't able to nail the things consistently enough that make you a good team. Couple more to get you before we get into the fishing. Uh, preseason is. Does it start early for you guys, legit? Does it start early or is there more fishing time? <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there is more fishing time. Yeah, this is one of the interesting pieces. Take the positive pieces. out of the negative here, Patrick. This is one of the interesting pieces. It's actually up for negotiation at the moment with the, with the CBA, which isn't finalised um, going forward around. That's uh, where you're the commissioner, isn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> president. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that's one of the d- discussion points with... AFL clubs and the players at the moment around how that looks because teams that finish early essentially just get more time off. Yep. Um, but that's not necessarily always beneficial for young teams that are trying to improve their craft and all those sorts of things. So uh, we start, I think it's December 5, but it's, yeah, it's unusual when you know when your last game is versus making finals and being yeah. live every week and yeah. then all of a sudden it does come to a really abrupt end but you don't know the end's coming versus playing a game where it is going to finish for us, um, you know, tonight. Um, so it's disappointing but it is what it is. You've got to be realistic around where you're at and where, you know, we'll face that head on as a club and we've got to look to ways to improve and there's, you know, list changes around that obviously. Um, and there's there's different things that we can we can do that we feel like we can improve. So last last question on the footy front: Do you feel like you this, got enough? Uh, this do you feel like, like you got enough open red instead of open mic? Well, do you feel like you got enough running? Got a lot of running to the kids this year because there was a lot of injuries and yeah, no, we absolutely. So that's been a you know you look at the silver linings. In all honesty, as a supporter, there was moments where you were Geelong of the old last year. And there was a lot of moments where you weren't. And it was like a lot of the kids, they're kids, they're young kids. They, they couldn't sustain it for the game speed and where the game's at. They couldn't quite do it for the period, long periods that you could last year. So well, I like- think that's built off our older players as well. We, we haven't been able to do that yep. um, first and foremost. So you got to take that on board. I think greater availability enables you, which we were able to do last year, rest players and continue to win. Yep. So you feel fresh at the right time. Um, you know, that was a challenge for us all year. So, look, the next week, how that looks like for us, basically, we, we play tonight and then we'll come in early next week. And doesn't matter if you're late you to the th- games tonight, we go for a fish, Savo. <laughs> you go There's through. nothing in it now. You go through your, you know, your player exits and reviews and then, um, you know, the game moves forward and you, you look to, to improve. I always think, as a, as a player, it's still great to go and watch. I've, I've gone and watched finals even once we've been knocked out in them because that's when you want to play. That's when you see Final the best. Footy. Yeah, you see the best going at it. You see the the level that you need to be at. And if you don't bring that level each and every week, you don't get the opportunity to play in there. So, yeah, thanks for that open open red. I, oh, appreci- you know I appreciate you kicking things. I was off actually you with, nearly uh, copped a message during the week, but I was nice. Yeah, I held off. I was nice. All right, let's get in. <laughs> let's get into the fishing, hey. boating, and the outdoors because you went to the uh, national four by four show just over about, the weekend. Just about to say that. Tell me about it. I was going to send you a message, but I thought you might have been a bit sooky on the uh, on the Sunday. I was going to after the game. I was going to see if you wanted to come no, up. Good I'm call. Like, no, I'll stay away from good you. Call. <laughs> good call. Absolutely good call. I uh, yes, I did, and I'm actually very glad that I went. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's not probably my my I guess. 
nothing really there appeals to me a hell of a lot out of the eight hundred percent of the stuff. No, there. Well, that's not true. You're not, but you're not a full blown car nut. No, but what I'm going with, what I'm trying to say is that for someone that isn't into what everything is there. So if you go to a boat show, right, you'd say that I'm nearly pretty much a hundred percent in, right? Yeah. You go to a four by four outdoor camping show, you'd probably say I'm more eighty percent. Eighty percent of it, I don't even know what the hell it is, but twenty percent. It's the camping and the and the I guess the bull bars on the car, the few things that I'm interested Accessories, in. Accessories, massive now. But the yes. show itself was a, out of the interest that I had through the whole show was incredible. Oh, you're way, talking like the setup, the of layout it. of it. Yeah, the way that uh, I I guess the variety that was there and just how they had things in order from start to finish. Like it sounds silly, but they have so many different halls there that you just you move out of one, then you're in the fresh air. It's like you get a break. You feel like the Boating industry could learn something from the four by whoever's four running the four by four show. If they can please take over the voting voting one, I don't care who's listening. I couldn't care less because it is unbelievable. Yeah, and they've had a crack at the boating um, Melbourne boat show, which is the outdoors, and you and I absolutely love that last year, and yeah, we're hoping it does terrific. do the same this year, and it's on the improve. It is weather dependent. It though. is, but so but so is this half yeah. of, more than half of this is outside. Yeah, but. They had, for kids and whatnot, just as an example, there was a reptile thing there that had shows on for kids. Yep. They had a, they had these idiots on BMXs doing flips over these ramps and I'm looking kids at going, what that. the hell are you doing? Yep. And they got a guy on that. a microphone acting like one of those typical surfy sort of skater, bo- skater guys commentating it, which was unbelievable because you're just looking from a mile away going, what the hell is this guy on about? <laughs> like, and there's, there's, there's like, there's a hundred people around these BMX every time they start just watching these guys carry on. The kids love it. Then there's, uh, then there's uh, a whole area of like motorbike areas and just the whole thing for attraction side of it was amazing. But not just that, the food. You go to the boat show, right? What do you pay for? Now, this is this is honestly, I'm at the boat show, right, for three, four days, this whatever it is. This is an early gaff, this. Wow. Well, you go, what do you get to eat? I think they had lobster, lock, rock lobster rolls last year were $52 for a roll. At the boat show, right? No, they were. I, I swear on my kid's life, fifty-two dollars no, for a roll. They could not. They have were been. this. Do you know a hot dog roll? They were in a hot you dog could, roll. You could walk out with an outboard for cheaper than that. Literally, where this venue had, <laughs> in a row, it had. I think it had eight or ten. Like it had souvlakis, had pizzas. Yeah, good variety. On one side. The other side, they had another one. Then one side, they had dumpling vans. Like up, I'm talking spread yep. through these massive Melbourne showgrounds. The whole thing was just 10 out of 10, and the boost juice was good too. All right. Your big takeaways. What did you like? What did you see? What well, was... I'm going to save my favourite for the review later. You happy with that? Well, how can you save it, it for a review when you haven't like you, you haven't used it? Because I'm just going to review what I'm about to buy. Okay. Because what was, what <laughs> it's was a bull the car... bar that I'm going to talk about later. What were the cars that caught your so eye? So everywhere you went, there was chefs yep. and ramps. To be honest with you, half the chefs and ramps look stupid because they're... They've jacked up that high you could fit 14 tra- tra- tractor tyres under them. Yeah, there's 250, 300 grand in each oh, of those. And like, they were unbelievable to see. There was a big F-150. You would have loved that. It looked amazing, the black. It was beautiful to look at too. Uh, there was the Toyotas. But what I liked was the display. The It goes back to what I said to you about the space they got. Mm. I know they pay for it and it's up to whoever wants to buy the area. But like you walk up to... There was a, a, a thing called 230 which was an outdoor uh, camping area. So they had swags, they had rooftop tents, all different types, but and 
what do you call the veranda ones? And the they come up the the uh, it starts with A. Comes off the like an annex. Or annex. That's the one I was looking for. Thanks for that. <laughs> annex. They had the annexes coming off the cars, but like internet, you actually could see the product. You weren't yes. just looking, and it wasn't one product. They had the guy. We spoke to the guy, and he said, "Where this is all. This is our the difference between the three, and like showed you the three of them, the difference between them, and you could clearly see it on display and why you'd buy it. All their swags were set out in the ground, and I said to Kano, I said like you can actually get a real life size now of what you want to purchase for your uh, for your family because you can see it where most of the time you go to a show they go this is what we have here's one item here but this is our other options but this wasn't just for that one product I'm talking the whole thing had a great display of uh, items but that that's what caught my eye uh, a bit of uh, well car news before we head into your week in fishing Redmond uh, Kia's most expensive ever vehicle gets the Aussie treatment. So the Kia EV9, which is a seven-seater, it's their new electric flagship. Uh, it's launching in October 2023, and it's completed its Australian sus- uh, suspension and steering tuning for when it's released here. Now, I think more than likely we're probably looking at a a 2024 release for us. Um, TJM, good good friends of the show, they've revealed their new 4x4 accessories for the Volkswagen Amarok. Now, ARB did a, I'm pretty sure it was ARB did a, uh, they launched with four, I think they had over a thousand different accessories that they launched with the uh, I reckon they had Ranger. They would have had to have had them all at that show because they had their floor <laughs> space they, was incredible. They everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so TJM uh, have revealed... Uh, their range of accessories for the new uh, next-gen Volkswagen Amarok, which include uh, winches and bull bars. And the integration that you see with bull bars now compared to what they were 10, 15 and years we're ago... we'll talk about that later. ...is, is quite extraordinary. Uh, and the other one um, that, was, that was interesting, uh, another manual option has bitten the dust in Australia. And this continues a, a really consistent trend... Uh, the Sangyong Musso is following uh, essentially in the footsteps of the Ranger and Volkswagen by going fully automatic only. And it begs the question, how much longer in the Australian marketplace will we see manual offerings going forward? Because I, so would, I wouldn't buy one. I only ever had manuals right growing up as a, on the owls right through to buy my own cars. Yep. My brother bought a new car during the week and he sent me a link. And he goes, I'm going to buy this. And it was manual. And the first thing I said was, don't buy a manual. <laughs> Why would you buy a manual? I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah. Like, you can't eat. You can't drink. You can't text. I mean, you can't <laughs> You can't do anything. Hands free, of course. Sorry, hands. apologies. Yeah. Uh, but I would never contemplate a manual ever again. Ever. No. I'm and the it. way that Sports Shift works now, like all these people in off-road, they're so – it's all electronic. It's, it's like, all button pressing and it does holds revs for you. You can do whatever you want. It, you know, the funny part of that is I remember we spoke about it on the show and you can download our show and podcast it out from wherever you get your podcast. But when Ford released their new Ranger and they were going automatic only, it just came up on my on my feed. There was a comment around, you know, disgraceful Ford, can't believe you're, you're dropping the manual. And someone asked him, would you buy the manual option? And the answer was no. <laughs> Like people could uh, like they're they're not outraged unless they're outraged. Disgraceful! You're not offering a manual. Would you actually drive a manual? Oh God, no! Why would I? Why would I want a manual? manual? Am well, I crazy? It's just inconvenient. And like, if you lived on, well, I guess where we live as such, the manual wouldn't be as bad because you're not stop start as much. 
But in the city, let's be honest, as tradies getting around Melbourne and that to next job sites, you're stopping starting every 10 seconds. You're not driving a manual, are you? No, well, the interesting thing, like the, the 79 series Toyota Land Cruiser, you know, one of the most iconic vehicles there is. There's a few of those at the, that show. I just wanted to push over the ugly. Well, they're <laughs> offering, the, the 79 series now is offering a four-cylinder automatic. Yeah, so it's all... Which, they've, cool. ne- which yeah. they've never offered before, but cool. quite clearly there's an appetite in the market for more automatics. And if it's in a 79 series, then what do the hope, what hope does everyone else have? Like humans are the laziest. We're, we're that lazy, of course, manuals are gone. <laughs> uh, stick around. We have a massive show this morning. Andrew Harris joins us a little later from North Bank Boats to discuss the direction uh, of where he's taking it. Yes, there is a little bit of news around North Bank and ownership, which is huge news, Redmond. But after the break, we have got the whip around where we find out what's biting in your part of the world and Aaron walks us through his week in fishing as things are heating up. This is Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for Visit Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It is time for the whip around where we find out what's biting in your part of the country. Redmond, let's kick things off with New South Wales. The snapper are on in Burmy at the moment. The Southern Reefs. Up to 65 centimetres on micro jigs. How are you attacking these? Yeah, see, the the snapper, they're just... That's a big fish, mate. So they're good fish over there. It's different fish, but different fishing too. Plastics, you can use bait as well, but micro jigs stands out really, really well on these reefs. So just setting up drifts. You want to set your drifts up, mark them on the sounder, keep drifting over these fish. Drop your micro jigs down so they're drifting with you, uh, drifting with you and off you go. Uh, micro jigs, they're different to normal jigs how do you tell the difference how yeah, do they travel through the water massive variety of them so they're depending what you get they're not all small like no. describe to us like the, yep, the shape is different and different it? and they do different things so you've got flooded jigs you've got slow pitch jigs you've got all one all different style of jigs the way they fall through the water and the way that you get a jig that's quite large but the design of it and the width of it will make it flutter more and fall a lot slower than a sharper jig in the micro sense so they're a smaller jig than your big I guess, uh, knife jig as such. Yep. And they, more of a technique. So you're letting them up, letting them sink, and you're probably more working the bottom. You're not as if, you're not bringing them up all the way to the top because the snapper live on the bottom and you're just working that bottom part of the water column. Uh, really effective way to catch snapper, there, especially up on the, uh, the east coast of Australia, but not just snapper. Remember when you and I were away, yeah. Uh, in ca- I stuck. I stuck to the micro jig you for did. a long period of time, and yeah. I caught cobia, carol trout. Everything yeah. eats these things. Yeah. So they're basically an imitation of an injured, uh, injured fish, and Eight they fish, and yeah. depending on what you buy, read the packet, seek help at your tackle store, and they'll explain to you what the jig does and how to how to work it because. There's all different types now. Like you look at what's in the market these days. There's so much, so many different types of jigs, micro jigs that do different things. A Cronulla tuna trip oh, uh, turned into this. a winter mahi mahi extravaganza. Now talk us through this because this is fascinating. Big big mahi mahi caught on the shelf. So the, these boys went out chasing tuna, as they everyone is. And there's some really good tuna from Sydney down to Batesman still. You're talking about the yellowfin and tuna. bluefin. Yep, bit of both, bit of both worlds, but. They, they headed out and they were expecting to chase tuna and they seen an esculid. And basically, they started casting stick baits and 
dropping baits in to these to the to the esky as they as you like to call them. Yep. And then there was a lot of mahi mahi sitting behind it, which is very bizarre. But for this time of the year, I was about to say it's not bizarre in a sense that you know quite often the reports yeah. out of out of New South Wales are if you see floating seaweed, you see floating debris. Yep. Mahi Mahi love to congregate around them. Hundred percent, and they they will be in big numbers. Uh, the sustainability in these fish is incredible. The, their growth the rate breeding, and yeah, the breeding. Yeah. Yep. So they are one fish that you can take a few of them and, and eat them. They eat unbelievable as well. But these weren't small fish. These are bloody eight to fifteen kilo dolphin fish. So they're really mm. really good fish. And simple thing, an esky floating on the water, and these boys had one of the best days out. So extremely good fishing out of Coronella. And if you go out there and look for it again, you probably won't find it. You spoke <laughs> you spoke about uh, and touched on briefly the, the tuna run yes. uh, through Eastern Australia. Uh, that continues to be really strong. Obviously, you've got you know different species of tuna, southern bluefin versus the yellowfin. Fishing for them, you know, with different styles at, at different times, uh, you can obviously run the boat traffic around the yellowfin a lot more than you can the bluefin. Well, that's certainly the case for Victorian waters. Uh, reports from those? Yeah, so New South, we'll stick to the New South. There was a really good patch of bluefin and yellowfin that they all call the boats in. Yeah. So the more boats that come, the better. They hold the fish up. Because you're which, on a shelf. Which, you're which in the... Victoria, you're like, oh, you're like you're pretending you have it. Well, have you got anything? Nah, we've got the bottom. <laughs> Jeez, the bottom's moving a fair bit. It's <laughs> thrashing around. That's the current. <laughs> Look, uh, that rock looks like it's 120 kilos. So in Victoria... <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a blue stripe along it. <laughs> it's bleeding now. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Victoria, you get these big tuna, or any tuna that form up on bait balls and life, as we like to call it. And the more boat track comes, the quicker it disappears. Yes. So we're on the New South Wales coast. These fish are in the middle of nowhere. They're on the continental shelf. They're in thousands of metres of water at times, 100 metres to thousands of metres, and you're in the middle of nowhere. You sound like and Donald Trump. Billions and, and billions, billions and billions. I love that, man. <laughs> and basically, these you call people in and you start cubing. You throw these, you throw your pillies in and whatnot, and these fish hold underneath you. And they're in their thousands, and you people catch them all day. Yeah. All day, as many fish as you want, if you can get them to hold with you. And then the next day, you might find the same sort of patch of fish and they can be 20 kilometres the other way. They move so fast on this shelf. They're travelling to feed, migrate and whatnot. So it's different fishing up there, but very rewarding, especially when you can call people in and and it doesn't affect the fishing. Because like everyone calls their mates in, right? It's just what you do. Yeah. You call your mates in. It's all right to have a few people on a bait ball because you work in and it doesn't get destroyed. But if you're on a bait ball and there's you call on the radio, come here, for instance, and there's... 60, 70, 80, 100 boats that rock up on it. And I'm not exaggerating. At Port Mac, when it's on, you can That's have 50, what it is. 80 boats Correct. in minutes. Yes. And the bait ball's gone. Yep. The first three, four boats will hook up and then it'll potentially just disappear. So, yeah, it is uh, it is a whole different world over the New South Wales coast fishing for tuna. Heading further north, Queensland, Spanish mackerel off Bundy on the inshore reefs with the early morning or late arvo uh, bite times have been the most successful of late. Uh, the brim and flathead uh, on the stand at the Burnett River with flatty to 80 centimetres, which is a significant size frog. That's pushing the magic metre mark. And brim to 47 centimetres. We're hearing constant reports around really good size uh, brim and they've been you know, quite lively compared to, uh, I suppose, the depths of winter, Redmond, as that weather starts to change. And we obviously know that, that, that Queensland's warmer than... than um, than Victoria at this time of the year, but as Just a little bit. things start to warm up, um, 
you know, the the bites have been strong. Heading across to the west. Yeah, Port Headland, the Red Emperor is going as good as ever. Once again, those micro jigs and baits working really, really good there. And land-based at Florette, some huge flathead have been caught. Multiple fish this week, 70 to 85 centimetres in between. There wasn't one, two or three, there was a few. I don't know what that means, but there was a few. And they were caught on swim baits and also caught on bait as well. So good options in the Florette River. Now, I haven't called my little uh, buddy this week in South Australia. Need to get on the nettles. But there's been a heap of garfish at Pelican Point. It is one of the great things to get your kids into. And they're great eating. So they're one of those species of fish that gets people really excited. In actual fact, Paul Worsling's one of his highest rating shows ever was catching garfish off a jetty in Victoria. So it's one of those species, Redmond, that people get excited about because a lot of people can do it. Everyone, it's accessible. Yeah. All, all the shows that are accessible that he would do, like widening, even though him, the one that's the squid one that him and I did, it's, it's just crazy the amount of people that flock to this. Yes. I was in a chicken shop in Melbourne about oh, two weeks ago and uh, this gentleman comes up behind the thing. He goes, "Is this you? Is this you?" And like on YouTube, and it was it was in the Asian writing, <laughs> but it was Paul and I with yes. a squid. Like he goes, and I'm like, "How the hell have you found that on YouTube?" Like, yes. but just it, because it's practical, people can go out and catch squid. People can go out and catch whiting and garfish. Where these barrels, tuna, you got to have tens of thousands of dollars to chase them from a starting point. Yep, not and everyone can do lures, it. Lures, you think, but not everyone can do it, and that's why we love promoting things like the garfish, especially as we're leading into the school holidays, which I swear they have them every second week. Not that I can keep up with them these days. You'd know. When's, when's that school holidays coming around? Yeah, we're, what are we, three weeks away, four weeks away? That's then? real close. Not far away. Uh, the King George Whiting and Squid at Stansbury continue to be strong. We've heard good reports uh, off West Beach as well with the winter whiting. Uh, heading across the Apple Isle and Tasmania, the St. Pat's River is fishing really well. The trout at the moment... Um, uh, uh, you know, biting strong and the other thing is the brook trout uh, are getting around it as well which is different species obviously to, to browns and to, to rainbows um, but one of those almost bucket list fish if you're a trout enthusiast uh, and the other one Redmond yeah is the Mindura River which is fishing great for trout but also something that's getting caught amongst the trout is these massive eels no interest in that whatsoever they pull harder than a trout <sighs> They'd pull harder than a trout. I don't know whether they pull hard or not, but they're... They're so gross. They just, they curl up and they... <laughs> they're no good, are they? No, of course they're, they're disgusting. Not. You should have, The people who eat them, they smoke them up, Pat. So this gentleman who caught them during the week, cooked uh, had a caught trout. He had trout and eels that he'd caught on the day. I think he had about four or five trout mm. and he had three eels and he smoked up all these eels and trout in his smoker and reckons it tastes unbelievable. And he had a lot of comments underneath saying... Not sure about that. <laughs> Victoria, the barrels are still in Portland, and I'll leave it to you from here, Redmond, because you've been doing a bit. Yeah, they uh, fish very well again. Uh, Sharkman Chart has got some beautiful big fish early in the week and some not bad weather, offshore breeze, a bit of wind around. Fish went really, really well off that moon. Yep. Uh, Going to go into Western Port now. Gwaine got a nice 90-something centimetre snapper uh, in the last week. Nice. But there was also, the amount of people we're getting in, sending early snapper reports on Salt Guide is incredible. Like, there's so many people out there having a crack. Not many having a go in Port Phillip. It's a bit t- tougher. Western Port will fire up earlier. But Western Port, they're getting fish. It's very early. We're only in August. And yeah. They're getting fish. Uh, also, something that Gwaine caught 
as well during the week, which was bizarre, was elephant fish. Now, we don't normally catch them, not even close to now. Uh, they come in to spawn random times, like a different time of the year, completely different time yeah. of the year. So they live on the shelf and they come into the into west. So deep water, deep water, and they come in to spawn. And you yep. tell by their nose and their eyes, like the greeny color. Yeah, but they're not meant to be fish. here. They're, yeah. they're weird. I wouldn't say beautiful. If I, that's like saying I'm beautiful, but it's, <laughs> it's the eye of the beholder. But that's very, very cool to see though. Gwen managed to get a few of those as well. Uh, poor Philip is. There's plenty of small squid around the bay, salmon, and the gummies offshore are great. But again, it's still your winter fishing. It's not yep. going red hot, I'll be honest. Yep. But the big report that I wanted to give you was a huge, gigantic Lake Ilden Brown. He's a monster. You hadn't seen that yet? No, I haven't seen that. 13, 14 pounds, I think they're saying. So what Aaron is showing me, it, it, it looks like a like a silver murray caught, cod. It's that big. Caught on a soft plastic in Eildon. and uh, Unbelievable. So Sam Musket was the fellow that well caught Well done, it. Sammy. Large Eildon, out of, uh, large Eildon brown trout, uh, which is, yeah, caught on a soft plastic, which is, that's a, that's a, once in a lifetime fish down here in Victoria, isn't it? It's you a know, monster. You know the trout better than me. That's a beautiful fish. So well done there. That's a that takes out the report for the week. Uh, that wraps up our whip around, whipping right around the country and finding out what's biting in your backyard. Stick around after the show. Andrew Harris joins us from North Bank Boats. This is a chat you will not want to miss. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for Visit Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit Mildura.com.au. It is time for All Aboard and we're lucky he's coming on this morning. Andrew Harris joins us from North Bank Boats, but he's also a Crow supporter. Morning, Harry. Morning, lads. How are you going? You were at the game, Harry. Take us through it. Because there's oh. safe to say there's a fair few flat South Australians uh, over the weekend 100%. and this morning. Hundred percent, lads. A little bit flat here uh, in the office, trying to get going today after that game. Uh, definitely a goal, as we all know now. And the atmosphere when that happened was absolutely phenomenal. And then to, oh, everyone was just in shock that uh, it was a point. Shouldn't have left it to the last minute of the game. Well, oh, well, that's true. <laughs> too, Shots shot fired. Sorry, I just it's raw. We should see the start of the show as I was into Pat early too. Yeah, so we're cop- copying it from both ends. <laughs> so you go oh. home because obviously Sydney take the ball down the other end and score. Like the 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 oxygen would have just been sucked out of the building, H. Oh, mate, the, it was so loud, it was deafening, and then it just was almost like a pin drop except for the booze for the umpires, but hey. <laughs> that umpire hasn't got a job anymore. Uh, <laughs> speaking of jobs, let's talk about a new one and let's talk about North Bank. Now, you've got yourself a beautiful six-metre sea. It's, it's highly customised, your exactly, North Bank. Yeah. But let's talk I mean, about the brand itself, H. Yeah. Um, well, that's right, lads. I think last time we spoke, I was actually... Um, picking up my new 600C uh, and now I am lucky enough to own North Bank Boats, uh, which is a, you know, as you all know, is a South Australian um, family-owned business and continue to be a South Australian family-owned business. And I think we've got a really exciting opportunity moving forward to help, you know, strengthen the brand and and take it to the next level. Now, 
both Aaron and I obviously, um, you know, own North Bank boats. We buy them. Um, you started off doing exactly that, buying your boat. What, what, you know, what happened to you? How did you convince your wife to go <laughs> to go from? Oh no, she so, doesn't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take, yeah, that's right. Take us through the process of okay, you're going to buy a North Bank boat, but then what? What is you know enthuse you to get into actually purchasing the company and, and what you know what visions do you have for it mate as you, you I hope she actually knows I think she does <laughs> <laughs> now out of all seriousness um, you know only my own business is something I've wanted to do for a long time it was either gonna you know be in the in the tackle industry uh, or in the boating industry but it was just about finding you know the right fit and the right business um, you know for me uh, it's something that you know, I've I've known Rob for a long time. Um, One of the great I, humans, like just the oh, most mate, honest, authentic great person bloke. you could ever imagine. Agreed. Don't tell him. And that. I was just able <laughs> to have a um, couple of uh, just open conversations um, late last year. Uh, originally, he told me to go away. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't quite use that word. It was starting with an F, um, <laughs> and then he was an off, <laughs> and. Um, and then we just, yeah, it just developed a little bit more. And I sort of said, nah, Rob, seriously, like, you know, um, I'm serious. Uh, for me, the timing was right. For Rob, it's probably still a little bit early, but, you know, he, you know, it, he's getting to that age where his other interests are looking at down, um, winding down and He's a farmer and, now. Um, yes, he's a farmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So, um, yeah, it was just a, a process that went on for um, – you know, probably six, seven months really of conversations and then obviously the diligence and everything and um, it was just the right time for me and it ended up being the right time for Rob and I think it's the right time for North Bank um, to, to start looking into what we're going to do for the future. Well, that comes to the question as is Rob's obviously been the the man for North Bank, right? You've We'll be honest, has has got big, big shoes to fill because Rob has been honestly amazing. Because the, the, the trend for North Bank's been incredible been, over the last. From when I first been. bought my boat, H twelve years ago now, Jesus, it's gone yeah. quick. Um, it, it's really become a, a mainstay within the industry. From from you know relatively little known to now incredibly highly regarded. Yeah, and and has you got like big shoes to step into because he's built his business and reputation to be amazing now. What are you going to do being the owner now? People going, all right, there's a new owner. Let's take this forward. And what I like is younger generation. So Rob's old, let's Same be honest. Rob's, Rob's old. old. He's too old. <laughs> so Rob's old. He's gone now. We don't have to worry about him. But, he's not but, gone. But go <laughs> well, he's still there. Sort of gone. But no, what are you going to do to take this forward again? And I, I love your approach to it and what we've spoken about. So fill people in. How are you going to take this uh, further with uh, the North Bank brand? Mate, um, as you said, look, Rob has done a great job and, and uh, have got big shoes to fill. Thank God I have size 15 feet. But <laughs> essentially, um, you know, the, the wheel's not broken and it works. You know, yep. we have got a great brand. We've got a really good product that is, um, you know, making waves, so to speak, in the industry. And it's it's now a nationally recognised um, brand. So for me to... Um, I'm not. I'm not coming in here to change anything, you know, as, as such, but more enhance and um, and look at other opportunities that where we can develop and move into some different models uh, and move forward with the product. <clears throat> um, essentially, I mean, take my boat for example. 
it's not the standard 600C, but I built that boat because as a fisher, those were the things that were important to me. Yep. Um, and it's just changes like that throughout the models that we need to look at updating. Um, as technology gets better, uh, like sounders and things, we need to look at what our dash layouts are going to look like and what's going to be functional for the end user, uh, given the fact that you know you can put 16-inch plus screens into into boats now as standard. Mm. Um, and then new models, you know, there's an opportunity there um, for you know, a seven-meter boat, for example. It's been in the works for a little while, but I think we'll pull the trigger on that. Um, updating some hard tops. Uh, and then looking at um, possibility of a center console boat. Well, that was going to be my question. Would you consider a center console boat? 100%. I've been saying to Rob for um, probably about three or four years, let's, let's look at a center console don't boat. Send it, don't so. send it to me. <laughs> it's too, <laughs> <laughs> too cold. Coming from someone that's looking at a center console at the moment. I know. The man. irony there. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. also important to note, though, Harry, that it, the North Bank is still going to be built where they're currently manufactured. They're still built by the same staff. Same um, team. Yeah, it's just... And it, Rob's still heavily involved. Yeah, it's just enhancements right. around the outside, isn't it? That's right, lads. And I think that's where, you know, it was um, so important to Rob to make sure that the business sale was going to go to someone that, you know, respects the brand, respects the product and continues on, you know, doing what he's been doing and, and it just doesn't dissolve to another yeah. interstate or you know, an international buyer. So for me, that was important as well. Um, we haven't changed anything here. We've still got the same staff. We're still um, locally built here in South Australia and we're still continuing um, continuing on as a family-owned business. So, well, How long do you um, sack Rob? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, who's that? <laughs> nah, nah, seriously, um, like Rob's, Rob's been fantastic and, and he's going to be uh, around the place at a reduced capacity for the next sort of year and a half, two years. Um, just in that mentoring role as well, which is, you know, it was really important for me to, you know, mm. taking on this business to have him, um, you know, be a part of it still. And there's there's so much knowledge that after owning it for 20 years, you you know, it's that's that's priceless for me to be able to retain him, um, you know, to pick his brain whenever we need anything. So yeah, it's, a, it's good. Very exciting, mate. The North Bank yeah. Fishing Comp isn't far away. H, you'll be obviously that's in it. attendance there. Absolutely, I'll be down there. Um, I'll have my boat there. I don't think I'll be able to get out in it, but it's going to be there for some of the suppliers to use. Um, and yeah, it's a great family event that will continue on that. And hopefully, um, you know, who knows what next year might bring. We might have enough uh, North Bank owners in New South Wales and Victoria that we can do over there as well. That's love hearing yeah, that. That's that's very good. I actually like that. <laughs> yeah. H, thanks for coming on Real Adventures this morning. If you want more information on the North Bank Boats range, you can head to www.northbank.com.au. A very special guest this morning, Andrew Harris, who is the new owner of North Bank Boats. H, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Heath, for having me, lads. Appreciate it. You're listening to Real Adventures for Visit Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. Welcome back to Real Adventures. We are in the home straight now. Redmond, you went to the 4x4 show over the weekend. I've got a feeling your tip is centred around that. Yeah, I really, really love the bull bars there. Now The accessories. The accessories. So no limit, 4x4. Now, I am not... 
a four by four nothing in the slightest. Okay, so this could be. You're more pointing this, this be, to the rednecks is, that, that do up their cars with. Well, I'm every... no, I'm going to get this hundred percent. I'm getting this hundred percent because I've always said to you, I want to get a. I travel a lot. Yep. So I want to get a bull bar for safety reasons. Yep. But I. Especially when you're heading down to Portland early morning or oh, late yeah, afternoon, and the ruse that you see down there, it's just incredible. If you if you chuck it straight into full noise reverse slash brakes on, <laughs> you're a chance to lose your boat. So you have to keep going. It's yeah, you just go straight through. Yeah, you got no choice. You're just copping it. But it you, can destroy the sounds. Well, what what I'm these Supreme X Series bull bars now. They are. I saw them at the boat show, at the four x four show. I've got no affiliation with them, and the reason that I liked them is they don't look like series. <laughs> just talking series to me in the background. Going off in the background. Uh, they don't. They don't actually like. They're not your standard old school bull bar that sticks out off the car and it's they're built big in. and chunky. They're built to the front grill of your car. Yeah. Now it's slimline. It, it doesn't protect the whole front of your car, right? No, it's but more it's of the, an aesthetic-looking bull bar. And it's the bottom range. I'm in a Ram, so it sits quite high, right? So that's yep. my theory on it. Now, if you want to get a full one, go. I'm sure they do a whole range of it. There probably is right here. But this is what I like. And You what fell I, in love with the I looks did. of this. And the, the, uh, the biggest thing that I like about it is it comes with fitted it's spotlights and fog lights through the bull bar. Yeah, it's integrated. It, integrated into it. So It's like an ice maker in a fridge. Yeah, that's my favourite thing in my house. But basically what I'm trying to say is, you know how you get the spotlights? Now, I had them on top of the Amrock on the roof rack. Shocking yep. spot. Don't ever put your spotlights on your roof because it glares off your bonnet and you can't see anything. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's shit. These are great too. It, it sucks. Don't put them up there. That's why I like this. It's built into the front of this bull bar. It yes. matches your car. It doesn't stick out and look stupid. Like, I can't find a bull... I couldn't find a bull bar that I like to go on the Ram. And I want... I've spent a lot of money in this car. I'm like, I want to make this car look... Half Good. decent, yes. and that's why I really... What are your thoughts on that? Do yeah, you, I like the look like of the it. style of it? I love the integration on how they've upgraded these bull bars, and I hated how they really stuck out yep. versus how these are integrated in the car. They're, they're far more slimlined. I don't know if that necessarily helps when you bang into a roux, but... You know, we're about the aesthetics here it looks on good. Real Adventures. And it's just a rough price, uh, depending on what car. The Navara here that I'm looking at is 3400 The Ram was 3800 So depending on what car, you're looking between three to four grand. Beautiful work, Redmond. That is Red's tip for the weekend. The flying gaff this week heads across the border to South Australia. And let this be a lesson to all, Redmond. Uh, South Oz police had clocked a Holden Ute driven by a man on his L-plates, clocked him at 253 k's an hour. I reckon he deserves an award. That's a good effort. Now, we've all done, as we've grown up, you know, silly things on our P-plates, but this is next level. There's no doubt about that. Now, what has happened to the ute? Well, it has been crushed up into smithereens, and that whole newt now resembles a block of molten mixed metal. I don't... That's one thing I don't get. I don't understand that. It's ridiculous. Why, why do they crush a car? Why don't they just... Oh, no, teach take, them a lesson, mate. Yeah, but take the car off them and sell it to someone else. They still don't have it. There's no difference. It's just a waste of a car, a waste of money. Well, it's now... Well, it could be good reef. Not that we'd ever condone that. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed the show this morning. <laughs> I didn't we, have to say anything. We, <laughs> we will be... I'll tell you what's happened. Talk about South Australia... I remember driving out in the back and you're driving through places in the middle of the ocean and all of a sudden it's just like a box. Mm. I remember seeing a boat that was literally on its stern. Trolley's facing up, too. Facing up. <laughs> it's, oh, no, you haven't gone there. I didn't say I did it. I just said it does make good reefs. We need to go. <laughs>
We hope you've enjoyed your company this morning. This has been Real Adventures. We'll see you next week.